Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. This is, uh, we've got a great lineup after a big scoop of Joe Hockey. So it uh, seems like they're coming in at us from everywhere. Uh, good morning, guys. We've got Brian Roberts, Jules London, and Nick Boris. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. They're all looking uh, pretty good, except for you, Nick. You've got two shirt shorts. <laughs> Everyone else looking pretty good. We've got a big day today, Nick, haven't we? What are we doing this afternoon or today for the most of the day? Oh, we've got that follow up event for Uber Pitch for all the guys that missed out on getting their chance to have a ride. Um, they're coming along to this uh, event that we're putting on today. Um, there's a, a couple of workshops, there's a chance to pitch, um, and there's surprises being given out at the end. So. Okay. And we've got, we got some guests here too, as well. We've got some guests here. Uh, or part of the uh, of the tribe venture, which is Jules' venture. Uh, we've got uh, Optus have joined us today to have a look see what we're doing. We've got our old mate Nick Fordham, who's uh, one of our partners, of course, and one of the guys who conceived this thing originally in the very beginning. And uh, now we got what's your name? Anthony. Anthony, and your role is CEO of Tribe. CEO of Tribe. Graham, I'm the CEO. He's, he's pitching. He's going to do a pitch later. And we've got our Irish mate over here. Dara, and he's looking, he's looking, he's looking after the Coorees, please, guys. So I'm going to start off with Coorees, please. So Brian Roberts, you're the CEO of Coorees, please. Yes. Sir. And uh, in itself, uh, to be frank with you, that's not that remarkable given our show. Um, you know, Coorees, please, a Coorees business, a humble Coorees business. But what's actually happened is Coorees, please, is, does, has, is doing through its new ownership through Sing Post, some not so humble things, and they have great aspirations, and uh, they are taking the lead in. The Internet of Things and technology um, in fulfilment in e-commerce. Now, I want you to explain to everyone who's listening what Curry's Please is currently doing in the fulfilment of e-commerce in Australia. Um, well, I guess the um, uh, maybe to start where Curry's Please um, yep. uh, is probably the leader is in Metro Same Day Service and Road Express. Over top of that, we've um, we put on uh, Air Express and international products. Um, but then the real focus with Sync Post is be really to take the high ground on the um, on the e-commerce fulfilment. So, so just let's be clear, yes. Sync Post. You just mentioned Singapore Post, yes, the most profitable postal organisation in the world, uh, probably servicing one of the smallest populations in the country, one of the smallest countries in the world, but the most profitable uh, postal organisation in the world. Recently awarded the world's leader in e-commerce solutions mm-hmm. um, at the post uh, post. Postal Technology, Postmaster General's Technology Conference. I was there. And uh, um, Singapore Post recently bought Couriers Please for a large sum of money. I know because I was bidding against them. <laughs> uh, and I'm bidding against them. Uh, and I could not match them. Uh, you now have 
incredible parentage at Carew's Please. Has it made a difference so far? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's been um, you know, huge, the change, I guess. Um, the, um, you know, we, you know we, we had the position to be sort of leader in the express industry in Australia, but now really it's the e-commerce focus that's driving us. So large investment, it is big investment, uh, and where we're going is – I guess it's really dealing with um, convenience for a customer. So somebody uh, buying on the net uh, needs convenience of delivery. So what we're doing is offer the, the full options, the full no, full suite of delivery options, I guess, whether it's by courier. Um, we've recently uh, invested in a company called Hubbed, and this is a, a thousand um, uh, retail network, uh, primarily news agents. Um, this gives us the ability to deliver and pick up from news agents uh, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., which is superior to the uh, the Aussie Post offering. And why, is- and why, why news? And I just want to draw you wrong, but why news agents? I should declare myself here. Um, I have an interest in all this. Um, the company I chair is the supplier of uh, the locker systems to Corey's Police and Singapore Post, so I should make that up, declare. That's not a conflict, but I should declare it up front, but I do know a little bit about it. But I think what I want to do is draw out of Brian what's important for people listening. Um, what is important in relation to uh, – that wasn't me – what's important in relation to uh, Hubbed and the news agencies is the news agencies have, have been considered the most trusted person in a community, mm-hmm. one of the most trusted. In other words, everyone trusts a news agent in a little local area. Hubbed is a collection of news agents around Australia. Is that right, Brian? That's right. Around Australia, Actually. which um, Sing Post has invested in as well as Kourou's Please um, to allow that to be an alternative delivery and or pick-up point for people in Australians just generally, whatever it is they want to deliver or, or receive in terms of delivery. So alternative one, you can go to a Hubbed news agent. Correct. If you're dealing with Kourou's Please. Yes. Only Kourou's Please. Um, no, it's not exclusive, but um, I guess what we the difference between us and other transport companies is transport companies see it as a pain point, so it's a cost to them to deliver to a news agent. We're, we're using it as a channel, so we're using it as a differentiator, so we're driving business into and out of the news agent. I mean, these guys are struggling with regard to foot traffic into the news agents. Uh, they're very keen, I guess, to develop the um, solution that um, I guess competes against Aussie Post, and it's a superior offering because it's six a.m. to eight p.m. seven days a week. Versus... So you extended your hours, yes, and you extended your days, yes, Compe- relative to your competitor. Correct. And at some stage, no doubt they'll have to do something to catch up, but you're going to get the jump on them. Yep. Uh, the, the second alternative as to how someone can receive their e-commerce fulfilment or get the purchase from, you know, receive the delivery from their e-commerce um, transaction, what is that? Yeah, the parcel station. So, um, you know, in, in conjunction with TZ, um, TZ and SingPost have had a long relationship, uh, very successful relationship, uh, developing the, the uh, locker network. Uh, in, in Singapore, 50% of people buying on the web deliver it to a deliver it to a locker. And that's only in two years. Two years, yeah. yeah. We've done that in two years. That's a bloody amazing. So we're taking that same model and, and, and transporting it to Australia. So rolling out rapidly with the parcel stations, 24 by 7 access, 24 hours by 7 access, seven days a week access. So, and, and we'll be able to send from those parcel stations. And you're going to call them pop stations? We are going to call them pop stations. Uh, okay, yeah. you're going to call them pop stations because that's the Singapore name. Yeah. Um, okay, so in other words, Australians can now see an alternative to what we traditionally have, um, you're not going to. You don't have to be carded if you're not home, mm-hmm. which is the which is the problem you're trying to solve. Yep. Australians fucking hate being carded <laughs> when they are at work. The reason they bought on the e-commerce website is in the first place because they didn't have the time to go to the shopping centre to get the thing that they needed to buy. So they went online because they're working longer hours and more days for earning less money. 
And uh, so they bought it online because they wanted to buy it cheaper. They wanted to buy a gr- from a broader selection, and they didn't want to have. They didn't have time to go to whatever the shopping centres that they have to go to. And as a result of that, they say, "Please deliver it." And of course, they're not home, so it doesn't get when they're not home. It doesn't get delivered to them. They get carded, and then they have to go and pick it up from somewhere, wherever that might be. So this is the solution that Couriers Please, along with Sing Post, is addressing. Correct. Yeah. And uh, fastest growing, one of the fastest growing industries in the world, e-commerce. Yeah. Nothing's grown faster. Yeah. Can I ask you what is the what is the average size of a parcel that Australians will buy online? What are the sorts of things Australians are buying online? Um, well, I guess you've got the Amazon, the books. You've got, um, you know, obviously the uh, apparel is is significant, um, but um, yeah, electronics, watches, uh, computers. Um, yeah, no, it's broad spectrum. Broad, broad spectrum, and, and um, pharmaceuticals, you pharmaceuticals, know, the, the vitamins, and yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd imagine vitamins, especially, would be really. Really popular, but generally speaking, they're small parcels, aren't small they? Parcels, yeah. But your system allows for big, small, medium parcels. Yep. You also allow for people to use you to be an outbound position. So, why don't you explain what that means? Um, yeah, I guess one of the things that comes with e-commerce is the returns. So, uh, if you've ordered something, it's not the right size, or it's not exactly what you uh, thought you wanted. It's the convenience of being able to return it. So, the ability to have a label for a courier to be uh, called and picked up from your home, uh, pick it up from a newsagent, or you, know, you drop it off at a newsagent and gets picked up, or into a parcel station. So when Nick Boris orders 20 G-strings, he doesn't know which, <laughs> from, from ASOS and he doesn't know which size you should get, which colour is going to be right, or the one with the flower on the front or whatever extra, it is. Extra small. Extra small. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know what your Instagram means. <laughs> I know your Instagram handle. I know. Anyway, so uh, well, we won't go there. But, but what that means is that it actually is good for ASOS because Nick would now be more encouraged to buy more items on the basis that he can return more easily than happen to, instead of... <laughs> Putting everything back in a, a prepackaged parcel and have to walk down to the post office box and send it away. He yeah. can actually go and pick stuff up from a pop station in one of the 200, 300, 400 locations. Try the G string on there and then actually. That would be the best. And then put it straight back. Jules, in. you're a man, you're. You should employ this man. Because what you should have, you should have a little change rooms next to Change room with a mirror. A little change room next door to these pop stations, which by the way is one of the evolutions of this. Yeah. yeah. The game should be is you pick it out, try it on. It's about it's like it's it's a it's a, a virtual store. Get your dirty That's pubes all go. over it and send it back. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> have you got pubes, mate? You're in the nineties. <laughs> Is it do you look like um you do down below and you do on top? Double ball. Okay, so sorry, Brian, we're getting a little bit off topic here. So, um, but uh, there's nothing flippant about what Curry's Please is doing, but because like, I your, think your, your girl from YVR said, she said, I, I, there's, there's very small amount of stuff we can use from the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the PR lady from <laughs> Yellow yeah, Race. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, very yeah. little stuff they can use in the podcast because it's politically sensitive, or yeah. is it too, many swe- too much swearing, too much uh, fun? I think both. <laughs> Mate, well, what's, the fun? what's wrong with having fun? Yeah. I'm well, serious. Don't worry, Lindsay. We'll get you five minutes at the end that you can use. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay, well, Lindsay yeah. works in our PR. No, the important point about this is that a, people who listen to this, and this is really important, people who listen to this are sick of filtration. Yeah. And this is about having, I, I having a bit of fun, but actually, more importantly, with the fun, we can actually get serious content. And this is all about getting some serious stuff. We talked to Joe Hockey last week. Joe brought in serious content mm. because he's relaxed and happy and didn't feel threatened. And this is not about threatening anybody. And and I think what Curry's Please is doing, and it's not just because I have a relationship with it, but I think what Curry's Please is doing is a significant change to the landscape in this country about with and offering an alternative to the incumbent. Now it's critically important. And they do it through technology, and I'm not going to get into all the technology, but the technology 
is leaps and bounds that Corey's Please and Singapore Post are using is leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else in the world. The ability to be able to transact with a, uh, a locker system over time is like basically moving post offices into shopping centres, shopping malls, individual shops and just various other places without being manned. Mm. And that is the concept of the Internet of Things. We've talked about this with Telstra people in the, in the past. Everyone keeps talking about it. Very few actual people actually implement it and do it. And that's what Couriers Please are doing. And that's why I wanted to say from the beginning, Couriers Please is no longer the humble courier company with a van and a guy driving the van and a guy throwing a parcel over the top of your, mm. over the top of your fence. The world has changed and this is the sort of thing we're going to see more and more of and it's extraordinary, for me, it's extraordinarily exciting to even be able to stand in and talk to Brian about this stuff and to have Couriers Please actually, and Singapore Post, actually make the investment in this country to do it. It's a massively significant dollar investment. Mm. It's a huge investment. Um, how does everybody at Couriers Please, do, have they sort of become more energised with all this? Oh, yeah, I think uh, uh, with Post coming on board, there were certain things that we, when we went through the sale process that we were looking at, which was geographic expansion and product expansion, um, and, uh, you know, Singpost had ticked to that, so we've opened in Perth, Coffs, Cairns, um, Darwin last week, um, Darwin last week, and, and uh, so really going uh, gangbusters on the uh, geographical side on products, it's domestic air, international air economy, etc. So uh, a whole suite of products, this is all in the last 12 months, and then now rolling out the e-commerce solutions. Um, yeah, yeah, everyone's... What's your market uh, pretty, share? What sort of market share are you looking for? In our traditional market share where we were, it was 11%, but um, last three years we've been going three times the market, and we're stepping that up now with the new products and with the e-commerce focus. Do you reckon you get to 50% of the market? Um, so, so, so in um, uh, B2C, like in, in, um, in e-commerce, e-commerce to, to, to consumers? Yeah, I think, um, you know, once we get, if, if, we, if we get the critical mass of the parcel stations and, uh, you yeah, we'll have a thousand news agents out there within 12 months. So we've got that critical mass it's, uh, and we've got the technology and we're getting on the shopping trolleys at, uh, in the US and UK and Hong Kong and China. Yeah, very definitely. And how important is it for a consumer to know that they can actually go to the website of um, ASOS, for example? Um, and I don't know if you're on ASOS at this stage, but if you can get to ASOS, because ASOS is looking for mass. So they're going to say, we'll sign you up onto our shopping cart as an as a delivery alternative, if you can show to us that you have a number uh, enough delivery points and have the ability to fulfil for our customers, um, how important is it for you to be on those international websites, e-commerce sites? Well, obviously that's the that's the ultimate. Um, these guys obviously want scale. So we're you know if an Amazon or an ASOS is looking at. Uh, um, putting you on their shopping trolley, they want probably a little more than Australia, and that's where Singpost has come in. They've got the vision to be Asia, the e-commerce organisation in Asia, and that's powerful. So, um, yeah, we, we, yeah, with that, I, I believe that we'll be the one that's on the on the uh, shopping trolley, offering those uh, solutions of convenience. Brian, I want to wish you all the best of luck, mate, and uh, I hope to have you back here sometime next year, and let's get an update of where you guys are now. I'd like you to stay around. Okay. Dude, Jules, mate, do you not? You're not. You're not a stranger to these things. These microphones. So what's, no. what's going on? Tell me. Uh, well, I've been busy um, since uh, filling in the radio slot for Kyle and Jack. In fact, I'm in the studios that Kyle pretty much built. But um, no, I've been having a stab in the marketing world. 
Tell us what that means. Well, I've created a, um, uh, or founded a company called Tribe, and essentially uh, they're digital platforms. So it's a, um, a desktop platform and an app, and it connects brands with not only celebrity influencers but citizen influencers, which are everyday Aussies that might have 5,000 followers or more. And um, we give them the opportunity to be able to collaborate and create sponsored posts because, as you can imagine, at the moment, um, there's an enormous uh, amount of audience that is really difficult to reach, especially in TV and radio, and um, they're now following um, these new type of power brokers, which are social media influencers. These so are what is an influencer? Social media influencers. These so are- what is an influencer? Tell us. So an influencer is those people um, within social media that have 5,000 followers or more. So that could be in Twitter, Instagram or um, Facebook. Um, so in Twitter, you've got 27,000 followers, I think, um, today. Uh, so I'm an influencer. You are an influencer. Can I make a buck out of it? Bloody oath. Yeah? We'll yeah. just talk. I mean, I don't think you're short <laughs> on it. Yeah. Well, the the idea is, so you go into the app, essentially. <laughs> IWC, IWC, IWC. <laughs> so did you pay for that watch? Uh, this one I did, yes. Yeah. So how much was that? Uh <laughs> so you don't have to answer that. It's white gold. Yeah. So the point much. is, the point is here. My son will be wanting to borrow a yeah, laser. I'm not going to say anything to Nick. Or the va- other one that they gave you, the blue one. Fuck off. <laughs> You've got influence because the people look up to you and they trust your opinion. Because over. Um, over every uh, access point to you over the years, you've 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 held your credibility and you've actually offered something. You've given more than you take. So, could, so just could, yeah. you, could you use your influences yeah. and your platform, a tribe, yeah. to promote? Corey's please. That's what you did on Celebrity Apprentice. I mean, I it's no different. You got your influencers, who's Sophie Monk and um, and Tim Dormer, etc., and uh, Matt Cooper, and you guys got them to have an experience that they thought was positive, and they went in there and did a, a shop and pop, and 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 took a nice picture. Good memory. And so the idea is that they were having a, a positive experience, and they were just sharing that. So the idea is that you know Sophie Monk has three hundred thousand um, uh, Twitter followers or you know Instagram followers. If she was to be the able Instagram to... Instagram for Sophie, she's more visual. Yeah, yeah, she is more visual. Thank <laughs> you, Nick. Um, but um, get off that, by the way, because it, it shows how many times you log on to Sophie's. We've got the new technology. Um, so the idea is that, um, you I was know... I like, there last night at midnight. <laughs> yourself. You wish. Nick. Sophie, all of us have a thousand brands that we we endorse as a consumer, and there's yeah. no better endorsement than actually you paying money, and you've paid a lot of money for that watch. You've chosen that out over thousands of watches around the world, and people trust your opinion. If you say, "I'll wear this watch because I love it," there's twenty seven thousand people on your Twitter following that go, "You know what? I trust his opinion," and that's worth something in the social space. And brands are really keen to have a more meaningful recommendation. This is not selling advertising. This is about hearing your genuine authentic choices in life be shared in a way and you know most people like Sophie Monk you go through her feed she spent years covered in brands and that's hang on Jules hang on when when someone a brand comes and pays you it it doesn't it stops being authentic at that point bullshit Well, okay. Well, if I'm if I'm Nike and I got a pair of runners and I come yeah. to try, I said, "Listen, I want a, a million eyeballs on a, a new pair of runners." Yeah. And you go and you go and send those runners to I don't know Sophie Monk. Yeah. Say, listen, you know, you're going to get paid twenty grand for yep. for plugging these pair of runners. Yep. Is she really into the runners, or is the she point pl- is, or is she is she plugging them because she's getting the twenty k? No, 
because she's starting. The 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 thing about our app is the influencers choose the brands because the brands. Yeah. If we've got a thousand, why would you go out and uh, recommend a brand that you don't use mm. when you've got brands you do use offering your money? And mm. it's a path of least okay. resistance. So you're not you're not incorporating new things into your life. You yeah. just you're getting paid for the stuff you already use. If you go through Soph's feed, you'll see a whole heap of brands that she's chosen and that yeah, okay. she loves. Right. Okay. So and now it's she's not, getting paid for it. And it's not about yeah because. Um, and they're not the brands aren't buying for your love. They're simply asking you for to, to mention it. And it's no different than everything we've seen. In fact, it's far more authentic than I love every, the passion, by the way. Than every <laughs> billboard along here you'll see with celebrity. We haven't <clears throat> created celebrity endorsement. What we're doing is we're now rather than you know a big ass brand knocking on the door of a celebrity and saying we're going to pay you to spruik our brand. It's now about those actual influencers themselves having access to endorsements from every brand. Mm. And and why would you choose a watch that you don't wear? I choose this because it's nice and big and I can read it because yeah. I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, so, I, look, I get I, – so how much would say – I just want to know, like, yeah. it, it, does it work like – is it like an algorithm? So if you've got 300,000 followers, do you get $10,000 to endorse the Nikes, to use yeah. the next example? Or, and if you've got 30,000 followers, do you get – 10% of that. I mean, yeah, how's it all, so basically, how, how is there a bartering system? or a, There is. Essentially, we've chosen, I mean, it's a marketplace. Like the, any okay, marketplace. So it's a marketplace. Yeah, and the influencer chooses their price. So they, they put a bid up. Yep. And then someone on the other side does yeah. the offer. Yeah. Bid offer. So it's a bit like, it's a marketplace, Nick, like Hagler. So I like the idea of that. So yeah. that's clever. Because, so in other words, someone will say, Sophie Monk is wearing Nike shoes Nike will hit that and say, we'll give you $10,000 if you put it up. Is I'll show you how it works. I'll show you how it works. And you can, you know, for those following along at home that can't watch the video, it's at tribegroup.co. So essentially, that is the app. So an influencer goes into that app. Where's at, the .com, mate? You couldn't get the domain or? Um, no. <laughs> we couldn't. Come on, mate, pay up. So, okay, so this is the app, right? Scroll through all those. You've got Reebok, Sony Music, realestate.com, um, spec How savers. Have you, have you run any campaigns yet? Yeah, there's yeah. 50 campaigns oh, oh, in there. Okay, nice. Since we woke up this morning, there's three more campaigns. It's a self-serve nice. platform. So, so, okay. so, so the, the, the supplier. The brand, the brand jumps in and it yeah. takes five steps and they just build a campaign brief and they pay nothing to upload it and they yeah. pay nothing to get all the influencer cool. submissions back. And then what happens in there? So Sophie, who yeah. goes on to the app on the other side. Yeah, I'll click on to Vodka Cruiser, right? So I know I'm going out tonight. I know I'm going to get a, a photo with a group of friends or if I'm going to a barbecue, I know there's going to be a group shot. So if there's a Corona brief, in there and I love Corona, I'll buy the slab of Corona on the way there, right? Yeah. We don't send out product because if you're not willing to pay for it, you've got no right to recommend other people buy it. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've got to buy the slab of Corona. Yeah, shit you. And then, okay, and then what I do is I... You I mean, my mates will sit there with a with exactly. the Corona's. Exactly. You're doing these things, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're you rock star. But, you know, the photo's going to be there. The brand, the brands don't need you to hold it up but, like but, it's but, a but, but Jules, campaign. Confused. So how does Corona yep. pay me? So do they show it straight away? So basically I upload that photo uh, as simple in there. So I upload the photo yeah. and I put a caption, exactly how it would appear on my Instagram followers and say, you know, I've got 30,000 Instagram followers. I submit that to um, Corona. Corona sit back and they just go through all these submissions from influencers. They see exactly what they're going to get, the sort of reach they're going to get. I can click through to the socials and say, Mark Burris, he hosts the sort of conversation that I want my product to be a part of. And then you see the price and it's 200 bucks and you go, for that price, like I'll give you a really clear example. 
I was meeting with Dennis Handlin at Sony the other day and um, while we were there, someone had submitted a campaign for a One Direction Made in the AM, which is an album launch, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the submission was for $2,500 and it was a piece of content of a girl who painted 1D Made in the AM on her fingernails. She does nail art, right? So while I was there, I was going, Jesus, you've just got one, literally while we're chatting. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a look at it and I said, well, it's two and a half grand. I don't know about that. And I quickly put it down. By the time I walked out... The social media manager walked up and said, we just bought that post and we fucking love it. At Sony, yeah. At Sony. And so, I said, so they, they hit it. Yeah, they hit it and yeah. they bought it. And I said, can I just quickly have a look? Why would you – two and a half grand, I didn't think they would be sold. So I clicked through to this girl and she's got 1.5 million Instagram Whoa. followers and her whole tribe loves nail art and that's what she does, just nail art after nail art. She's sitting in Tasmania. She's sitting in a tracksuit pants. She's just made – $2,500 for 10 minutes' work, nice. right? Now, Unbelievable. How cool is that? Sony, on the other side, don't know that girl. Yeah. They, she's not a celebrity, but yeah. she's got power and reach. Now, you think about One Direction and now you think about nail art. That demographic for them, for two and a half grand to reach, a really difficult audience, mm. 1.5 rich girls, and I don't mean rich as in yeah, wealthy, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, the resonance. In the, stratos- in the stratosphere of money. And the relevance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so um, they've been able to reach those guys, and for us, we take a clip, you know, we didn't even. Yeah, so well, you take a clip on the way through. Yeah, we've got a revenue of 20%, so 10% off the influencer side, mm. uh, finder's fee, and 10% off the brand side, and it's a tech platform, so it's massively scalable, and as I say, when we sleep last night, we wake up. More brands have jumped in there to access the influencers. Hey, hey Jules, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious because I actually I know the guys that are competitors to you guys at, yep. at Vamp, and they they don't they don't uh, they sort of handle the campaigns on behalf of the um, of the brand. So you, are you tell me the brands are happy to engage themselves and not yeah. through you guys. Use the platform, go through the five steps. And, and do it all themselves. Look, that's yeah. that's actually, I'll step in here. That's what yeah. we built. We built yeah. a tech company, not an agency. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's, it's more exactly. scalable that way, right? Yeah. You don't have to hire people. Right? You know, we're, we're about connections and transactions. Sure. We don't get involved in the content creation. So you're, you're the aggregation platform. You aggregate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, we leave the content creation to the content creators. We leave the choice of influencers yeah. to the brand managers who know their brand the best, and we just connect and transact between the two. Uh, and I guess what you're relying on is that the, the brands all have social managers or social media managers yeah, sitting there trolling through stuff. Sure. Yeah, look. And, and, they, and they use that as it. They'll use it on the yeah. And and how do you get to the brand manager? So you you go to you go and see Dennis Handel and Sony say, listen, mate, I want to just show you this concept. And he says to his brand manager or his social yeah, media yeah. managers, yeah. listen, this looks pretty cool. It's cost nothing. To look at, at it. At the moment, you just sh- take the app. At the moment, you show them a video and it goes for two minutes and they go, I get it. Like it's really what we're trying to do is take. Like, where did you get all these? Where do you get these ideas? You're a radio guys, 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 what's white, going on? White Roy just accepted my friend request, by the way. Great. There we go. There we go. Influence. That's right. I reckon you could get three cents white for that Roy. T-shirt, white, Nick. White Count Roy. it. Count <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. So no, but but, but I, I, how did I mean? You know, like, you, you've come out of radio. You're a jock. We're a jock. You still are a jock. You never stop being one. But how did it work? I mean, where would you get the fucking idea from? How, well, how I've worked in TV, so I'm very visual-minded. Mm-hmm. And before that, I studied graphic design. I got into radio and, and – Okay, so you're a graphic designer? Yeah. By, by trade? Well, I'm, I'm nothing by trade. No, but did you do graphic design somewhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did graphic design. And I still design. I designed the okay. app. Yeah, okay, so you have – you have because, you know, if someone's going to be sitting around listening to this and say, oh, man, how did someone like him get into this? Yeah, yeah. Because everybody wants to get into something new, right? Yeah, yeah. Getaway, right? Yeah, yeah, I did get away. TV, but, like, explain people. How do they do this? How do they get into this game? Like, do something new. How do they do it? 
Um, well, get inspired. I suppose, well, yeah, easy to get inspired. It's doing the fucking work that's hard. Yeah, but people be inspired by you saying well, okay. it can what, be done. What was the genesis of the idea? Was it? Did you copy the guys over in America, the influential um, no. company? Code? No, you know, no, The no. guys that put on the big event at Coachella and all that sort of no. stuff? No. So I've been working on this for about two and a half years. So I went from TV, got into radio, and from radio I went, shit, I, I don't enjoy just talking in the microphone because I'm visual. So then I started to um, invest my time into our Facebook page on Fifi and Jules, and it got the Facebook page up to the most engaged, brand page in the entire country out of every category. And then from there, people asked me to come out and speak, go to the big media agencies. So I started to consult on that. And then because of that, a lot of the brands were coming to Southern Cross Australia saying, we want digital and social campaigns. And they said, well, we don't have anyone who knows how to talk that language, get mm. jewels. So all the brands were coming in and I was finding the process, the, the process was painful. There was 50 emails back and forth over what is so simple in my head. And I just was like, get everyone out of the way, right? I want to speak direct to the brand and I want to hear what they're trying to pitch. I don't want it to go through a chain. So then I said, I'm going to create something for me. And so I created something for me. And then in doing that, I said, this is scalable because at that point I was one of a few, but then I saw and did a lot of research and found out that there's 250,000 Australians with 5,000 followers or more in this country. And I thought there is a – and that combined social audience connection, like their reach is – Beyond mind boggling. by 5,000 is a big number. No, but the most, like that girl's got 1.5 million and it starts to overlap. But I realised if we can. Yeah, if, it's an impression though. It doesn't matter how many yeah. times it, it you know. It, it so I realised that the market is massive and actually our advertising industry and marketing industry has no idea what is there. So then I thought, all right, I'm going to work on that. So I spent two years working on the concept and also trying to do some radio um, as well. And um, I, I, two years on the concept and refine it. And then as of January this year, I went gangbusters and I've spent 12 months working my ass off and building the team and the team is exceptional. And now I get to do exactly the bits that I want to do within it. And um, and we're doing another raise at the moment for 1.5. Okay, three steps. Yep. Step one, the idea because there was a need. Yep. Yeah. That's what everyone, these, these are things I want people to identify if they're listening to this yep. and watching this. Step two, you actually made it happen. You pull back from working or you just kept your day job? No, I just worked 14 hours a day. Okay, you kept your day job, so you had some income. Yep. But you did the rest of the time, weekends, night times, which yep. is pretty typical. Yep. Because therefore you didn't require capital as such. You yeah. use your own capital. Exactly. Your own time, your own effort. That's step two. You made it happen. It took you two years. And all these fucking people think they can do things in five minutes. They don't realise yeah. it takes a lot of commitment. It takes a long, long time, right? And then, okay, you build your team. That's the next step. Yep. Step three. And step four is you went and raised money because then you're going to – because now you're going to – Access the scale. Yep. You, you build it to have the capability of scale, but scale requires capital. Mm. But you're not going to get capital until you can demonstrate you've got the, the scale. So you've gone way beyond. Did you ever do a pitch? Yeah, yeah. So we've, um, I mean, the first round, so six months ago, we raised, I mean, the target was 750 and we ended up raising 170 over. How'd that. you do the pitch? How'd you do it? Tell me how you did uh, it. No, not what the pitch is, but where'd you go or how'd you do it? Did you have someone to look after for you? No, basically, yeah, I've got. Two amazing advisors, Jane Martino and Matt Berryman, who are both, um, you know, uh, create an incredible um, uh, career in startups and in business, and they've they've exited some amazing businesses and had great success. So um, early on, I um, 
I was able to sit down with them, tell them the concept, and they said, I'll guide you. And and like any, um, you know, great opportunity, it was around having good mentors. And they led me for the first six months that was able, and they're still advising me, that was able to get me to a point where Anthony Sverskis, our CEO, was to come on and who's been brilliant ever since. So because the truth is I've been working on my, working on my, th- those days I was working on everything. But I, you know, that's that's not sustainable. So, who, did you do cut any code in the early days, or did you get something? No, absolutely it? not. Okay. No, um, essentially, it was all conceptual. You know, out of those four steps that you described earlier, the most important one for me is around those two years of refining the concept. And it's like exactly how I built my house. You know, I spent two years obsessing and thinking about how to make it um, uh, functional, effective, and simple, and then I design it. So then we start to execute. On that, so there's no point being impatient, is there? No, but I think you know, no, there's no point being impatient. But it's also around, you know, the idea is everything, but the idea is nothing. Do you ever doubt yourself? Oh, Did- I shit you every day. So uh, you know, and I only because I'm, you know, only because I'm out of, and that's exactly why I'm doing it. I want to shit, I want to scare the shit out of myself. So I'm really good. This is your I, adventure. Yeah, I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, yeah, like yeah. I. I go into those areas that frighten me and I've always moved towards those. Like it's as soon as I'm comfortable, I go done it. What's it like working for or with? It's fantastic, to be honest. And, and as a founder, I think Jules is demonstrated even in this podcast. Like his vision is absolutely extraordinary and his drive is absolutely extraordinary. Um, the, the execution is what the team does. Um, so we sort of take his vision and actually and make it. And me in the team. Uh, there's about four of us now, and right. I think after this next raise, we'll add two or three more and then look to bring development in-house. But, you know, the, the first raise we went through four months ago, and, and I joined after that raise, but at that stage, it was a good idea and great people with Jules and, and the advisors. Is his energy infectious? It, it is, absolutely. And as a founder, you know, being a good communicator and, and, and I guess uh, illustrating that drive through your communication is really, really important. But we get four months later and now what we have is, is great people, a great idea and, and traction as well. And we're only sort of five weeks into launch. And the numbers we're doing in regards to da- app downloads, brands in the platform and the transactions which are happening unassisted through the technology we've built in such a short period of time is really, really positive. Could you just remind listeners what the what the address is again? Does- it's tribe. Tribegroup.co. Tribegroup.co. Tribe that, group. Yeah, so, it's a bloody great yeah, name. Yeah, and, and, and just uh, in the App Store, we're on iOS only at the moment, but uh, it's yeah. Tribe Influencer in the App Store. Okay, now what, what's interesting about this is uh, I've got two completely types of, different types of businesses, So, and both of you are disrupting. So you are, you're not disrupting on your own, but you're part of the disruption to tr- traditional advertising and traditional marketing. That's part of the disruption. and you know, But you're a, a front runner in that regard and only – couple of years into it, well, not even that, really six months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the concept was a couple of years, but yeah, six yeah. months running off, off, off from a standing start. Yep. Then we've got Couriers Please over here. He was owned by one of the you know, biggest uh, uh, puzzle organisations in the world. They're incumbents. But what's interesting is now, is now is that incumbents are actually disrupting the disruptors. So here we have an example of – so the old game was disruptors <laughs> went and took on the incumbents. Now we've got the incumbents actually disrupting the markets and we've got incum- and disruptors coming and disrupting yeah, yeah. incumbents. Everybody's disrupting. And I keep hearing about all the time, babe, these people get up you know, and they get, they get airtime. I can't believe it. It really pisses me off. They get up and they say, well, I'm sick of hearing this word disruption and entrepreneur and it's all become the new language. That's because it is the fucking new language. Hmm. Even incumbents are disrupting. Yeah. Now, you won't find anyone – I mean, Singapore Post makes, on a one-plus billion a year. Australia Post makes maybe 200 million. We're talking about a massive organisation coming in and taking on another massive organisation. Now, that's 
that was unheard of in the past by using technology. And you guys are using technology. Mm. You're taking on big advertising agency, the big media buyers. Is that your... No, not really. I mean, the funny thing is we see ourselves like a software platform, so we can actually fit in within everyone's existing. Like Influential was an example yeah. and even um, uh, Vamp. See, Vamp is an agency that would be able to increase their revenue with our software. So we actually don't, even though you say competitors, mm. we see them as... Uh, having the same fun within this exploding category, sure. and um, even are you looking for like a reweighting though in, in advertising spend towards social? I guess you know like, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. The yeah, category yeah. of I mean, social and digital have already got a, 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 an enormous growth trajectory. Um, influencer marketing, absolutely. We want to take a little bit of that, and and how we would see it is those bigger agencies can go right. You know, we're going to spend, and and with the client, we're going to spend, you know, 500 on TV, you know, 500 on radio, we're going to spend, you know, 300 on print, you know, 200 on outdoor, and out of our 300 on digital, we're going to put 100K of that into influencer marketing. Should be 500, right? Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I know. Like, with, the, with the size of, like, what, Facebook's 1.1 billion, Instagram's 400 million. Like, yeah. I mean, with the reach that, I mean, I don't even know, I don't know a TV network, radio station, any syndicate of media other than social that can even come close. Well, so what, I mean, In terms what, of being numbers. Yeah, well, but yeah, that's your that's your biggest market, right? Yeah, but so, yeah. I mean, in ter- just in bare numbers, yeah. I mean, yeah there, exactly. there is, but th- there's an assumption there that yeah. I mean, people are still influenced by television. I mean, yeah. I think TV still is a. We, we certainly don't see ourselves as taking over that over that yeah, media, no. but it's a complementary media. And yeah. what we're doing in regards to our strategy is really trying to legitimize the industry to, to make it a relevant media for our How scalable is it then? Well, that's our tech. It is very scalable. And um, our integration with media companies is about automating and, and systemizing so, what so, we're so doing. You don't, you know, how many cameras have you done to date? Um, so there's about 55 live Okay, so if you were to go from 55 to 5,000 campaigns, what would the headcount, change in headcount need to look like at your business? Oh, look, it certainly it certainly rises, but getting to 5,000 campaigns yeah, yeah. Is, is a trajectory over one or two years, so yeah, we have okay. to scale up to that. It yeah, probably right. requires another raise in time, but we've also got international. So you know, but you don't need to go and hire shitloads more staff. No. no. Get, yeah. That's the what tech scalable does is, what I it guess. does, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And the fact that we're relying on the content creators to create content and yeah. the brand managers to choose that yeah. content, it means we're, we're just facilitating the But you need style sales staff to get to the brand Completely. managers. Yeah. And there's different um, different <laughs> thoughts between how you acquire influencers compared to how do you acquire brands and, and the process and the time in acquiring, in acquiring a brand is much longer compared to an influencer. But very early days, we're working through that and really strategizing and understanding the, the metrics that sit within our marketplace so that we can really know how many influencers required for the brands we have in there, um, what's the uh, rate of... Uh, Submitted post to accepted post. What's the average rate of accepted post? What is the engagement it achieves? So you need to find an influencer to uh, push yeah. your own brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, and there might is there a corporate influencer? Is there is there so, such certainly. a thing? And, and at the moment, we integrate with Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But we're looking to um, in our product roadmap. It's about LinkedIn. It's about Snapchat. It's about Vine. And so when we get into more corporate. Um, Brands in our platform, and even something like a, a business-to-business brand like Couriers Please, there's huge opportunities for business leaders to be influencers in their own right. Well, Brian, would you would you use these guys? I mean, would you consider the, the, this this environment? Yeah, we uh, definitely. Um, I guess we were uh, with the association that we had with Celebrity, celebrity Apprentice. I guess um, we're, we're, it's quite embryonic for us, and Singapore Post is um, sort of um, you know, leading us into this. So we haven't really been involved in the social social media side. I don't have a Twitter account. I'm so, so I'm a bit of a dinosaur. So yeah, I saw you on a, I saw you on Tinder though. That was you were looking on Tinder too. I was going to say Grinder, but then it would both look bad. Hey, what, 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 
I couldn't see your photo though when I looked at it. I saw your name before I came in. I just did yeah. a bit of check first. That wasn't, yeah. But um, you, you didn't put your photo up though. No, no. Because looking at you now, that's not my you. Abs. That's it not was my you. Abs. <laughs> it's it's one other thing. The long locks you used to have. Yeah, no, I lost all those. I got a free haircut with old age. No, actually, Michael Clemen and Merrick Watts shaved this last year as a stunt, and then I went, shit, that's never grew back. Yeah, exactly. One thing that's really exciting about this category and where we're moving, we're actually early. Like we're actually, we're at the party and people are still just arriving. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you're inf- about to hit a tipping point. I'm yeah, sure, influencer yeah. marketing, what we're building for is in six months' time and we're trying to position our surfboard right at that spot where the wave builds and we've been watching it come and if, if I'd been ready 12 months ago, I would have been too early and I would have ran out of cash and I wouldn't have got there. But our timing is, is really exciting because we're watching what used to be this pool of influencers is now, and it was split between celebrity and everyday influencers. And these are guys with 5,000 followers because they're a train spotter or they're a gardener or they're a, a yoga instructor or they're CrossFit. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Sure. These aren't dealing with celebrities. That can yeah, be and they're, they've, got, they've got expertise in a niche as exactly. well. Exactly. Like that Kayla, it's, I mean, she's a fitness model. Role. Yeah. She was a personal trainer. I mean, like, you know, you put her next to Giselle Bunchen, who do you think is going to sell more runners? Yeah, you know, like, exactly. But even yeah. so, we see that as the top tier with Kayla. Well, both of them. Yeah. yeah. The point is you go to both. But, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at the, the fitness one for all your fitness gear, you know what I mean, specifically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I look at Giselle Wunsch not for anything, just for Uh-oh. who yeah. I can. Yeah, you know? right, Nick. <laughs> not, anything, not anything that I need to – Repeat you know, on this show. Yeah. <laughs> We've already gone to the depths. We need to just rise ourselves above it. Audiences opt in to, to follow these influences for, for their choices, for their decision-making. It's not like a, a TV campaign yeah, yeah. where you're just spreading a message and whoever receives it. So it's a spray Actually, technique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Audiences opt in to follow these influences for inspiration about what runners they wear or what fitness gear they wear or, or what they drink or where they eat. Um, so it's a, it's a really sort of organic fit between the influencer and, and the audience to start advertising. We have Optus here. Well, I, well, just nod because you're not on a microphone. Would Optus consider something like this? Yeah, okay. Good. Uh, mate, I just got you no, a new don't, client. Don't I got, you, I got you a new client. So Optus has got an incredible influencer marketing uh a project that they've been working for years. So a friend of mine has worked on that and the idea is that he was going out as part of Edge and identifying some of these influencers and this is, you know, the last couple of years and where they're Bondi Harvest that are foodies or and, and they would go out there and print, you know, Bondi Harvest on board shorts to send it to them to try and create an influencer program that was able to do this and what what we do is work within their existing programs to provide the tech to just deal with the workflow. So like me, you don't have to have the 40 emails and the 40 phone calls. Perfect. You know, I, 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 uh, Jules uh, I'm, uh, and, and Brian, I'm really impressed with you guys doing. I appreciate you coming in. I love the fucking energy, man, and uh, and I love this new stuff, this new stuff. And, <laughs> I, wish you, and, and I wish you, you you guys the best of luck. Thank you. And Thanks, if man. anything we can do to help you out and support you, we're there. Well, we okay. are in a raise. So <laughs> I knew you were going to. I thought you might want to raise that. <laughs> okay, so we've got a pitch on Nick. Just tell us about this. Graham's got a new type of textiles. It's uh, a bit more um, uh, environmentally friendly, and and yeah, he's going to tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. How you going, mate? Good. Tough audience to follow. <laughs> well, that's the best ones, mate. <laughs> I feel like I'm stitched up. Um, so, um, what I've developed in the last couple of years, a similar journey to Jules. I had an idea and a dream, and it's taken us two years to get to this stage. Um, a lot of hard work. And I've I haven't worked. I've basically poured my own savings into this. So we look we looked at we want I wanted to do something for the planet. I, like climate change is a really complex thing for people to understand. And you know, you kinda of, you listen to the the politicians and the environmentalists, they're like smart people doing doing smart stuff. But as as individuals, 
you know, we take out our re- recycling. But apart from that, you know, you can't tell mum not to drive a car to pick up her kids. So I looked for a really practical way of, you know, what could I do as a, as a, as a business owner, but as an individual. And so I'm an athlete as well. And so I looked in my wardrobe. My wardrobe's full of really bad polyester shirts from events that I've run. And I never wear them. They sit in the cupboard. And so I researched, you know, what's the harm of polyester? And I looked at the rest of my clothes, which is cotton, and everybody's got a cotton T-shirt on. And a cotton T-shirt can use 3,000 litres of water. When you think of 2 billion T-shirts... You mean to grow the cotton? No, during the growing and the manufacture, 3,000 litres. And that's just an average. It can be up to 10,000 litres. And there's 2 billion T-shirts. You can wash it, though, but I don't wash them. (laughs) No, 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 this is is growing the cotton, yeah. This is before you actually... I noticed you don't wash it, Jules. So when you think of that, that's a, a significant impact on the planet. And as the planet starts to be affected by climate change, and we're already seeing droughts, we're already seeing um, cotton uh, drought in California and in parts of Asia where, where they, have, they can't grow the cotton. So, so we, we went, well, there must be alternatives. But it turned out there wasn't. So um, I literally picked up the phone and I found all the major manufacturers around the world and I said, you know, what are you guys developing? I've, I've, I've read this, you've got this in the lab. And they were saying well, we're developing stuff, but it's not ready for market. And I said, well, I want to take it, I want to turn it into sportswear. And they said, and? and? I said, well, can you guys supply me some fibres? And they said, we don't know if it'll work. So I said, well, let's try it. And then I, then I took those fibres and I put them together in a factory and the factory didn't know what to do with the fibres. We were literally sending um, kilos and kilos of fibres into these factories and a couple of kilos would come out. Like a, the, the list of failures was long and vast and it took a, took a long time to start pushing forward and I, and I basically had to grab the existing textile industry and bring them along with my passion of what I wanted to do. And so we, we took a bunch of fibres, we thought, oh, well, we might get one fabric. We've now developed four. So two will replace cotton and two will replace polyester. So tell me, what do we do for fibres? I mean, what, what's a fibre? Like They're all plant-based. So fake I them fake stuff or...? I never go anywhere without props. Pair of so undies. So it's different to hemp, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. Hemp's a great product, but it's not going to... What we want to do is develop sportswear and activewear because I think it's a great market, but also it's something I already know. Hemp feels like shit as well when you wear it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, is that... So, so, these, so, so, so the, where, what are I'll the fibres? Are, well, just explain to me. Where, well, I've got a little bit of secret sauce, of course. Of course, don't um, tell me that. Well, yes. you tell me that. Uh-huh. Like, I love a scoop. We're, 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 using, we're using a bunch. So I, I think we're using corn, corn syrup. We're using a bit of eucalypt. We're using so the natural fibres. Completely natural fibres. So when I started this company, I wanted to build a company that was completely sustainable. I didn't want to recycle or reuse. So let's start it sustainable. And so these are all sustainable. That is compostable, biodegradable. And sustainable. So at the end of the day, so you could put that on, run home, it and doesn't burn. retain any odour. So you can sit down and have dinner with the family, and at the end, take it off, wrap up your scraps, and throw it in your compost bin. Okay. Right, whereas a polyester shirt, this is something like this is where I started. We actually started. Um, my business partner and I ran the Great Wall Marathon, um, and from that we decided to go. Like, from isn't that. the Great Wall like very, very, very long? Yeah, forty-two, <laughs> hot, forty-two hot kilometers and five thousand yeah. steps. You certainly yeah. form a bond. <laughs> yeah, it goes for like, but it goes for like twenty thousand kilometers, isn't it? Like yeah. the, the, yeah, it's, the wall. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It's, yeah, an, yeah. it's amazing. He's, if you ever get a chance, partner's still running it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I left him behind. So when you feel that, that that's a polyester shirt. A traditional polyester shirt. That's our equivalent. That's a bio. So what do you mean? These are the shirts, are they? These are t-shirts t- or singlets and stuff. Yeah. Like so, that? so basically, yeah. what we wanted to do was to was to do some basic products um, and moving towards uh, sportswear and activewear. The fashion industry is a big monster, and we're not going to change it overnight. So we need to find something, a little niche for us to get in to be able to introduce the concept to people. 
It's like I didn't know. What's the name of your business? It's called Kusaga Athletic. It's Swahili for recycle. Okay, well, we all knew that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's uh, ambitious. I mean, it's it's. Uh, so, are you going to align yourself with some of these bigger companies? You're going to go up against them. Yeah. So at the moment, we're 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 currently working with um, Earth Hour and and World Wildlife Fund, where they're official a power supply, and we're working with a few other event companies around the world. So when you look at if you, if you, you kind of. It's a massive industry, right? So every person in the world will touch a textile at least once. Yeah. And even if you sleep naked, yeah. you're sleeping on some sheets. Oh, so the opportunity, <laughs> the opportunity is the opportunity is massive. So we've got to kind of go. Well, let's chunk this down. Let's take one industry at a time. Yeah. Um, from my background of competing, every time I finish an event, you get a free T-shirt, right? Something like Singapore in Singapore, the Singapore Marathon has sixty-five thousand finishes. 65,000 polyester shirts. And then if you look at the major, oh, yeah. man, major marathons in, just in Asia, there's half a million competitors. There's half a million shirts that aren't good for the planet. Um, but from, from our point of view, not only do we want to make something good for the planet, we want to make, make a good product. And so our products are as good as the existing cotton and polyester. So you're saying the fabric is as good as? Absolutely. And, and I've got, obviously you've got to get the styling right, which means you've got to get someone who sells style, say yep. someone like Nike or whoever makes T-shirts that everybody wants to wear, sports apparel. Is that Nike? Is that a good example? Yeah, Nike's a great example. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Nike, how would you, how will you get to Nike? I mean, will you get to Nike and say, listen, here's an alternative product that you should be using or we'd like you to use. Are you gonna, is that something you... I think it's, I think it's something we'll look at from a scale point of view. What we need to do from our point of view is, is be able to... Um, we, we went two years, had an idea that had never been done before with, with fibres that weren't in the mainstream. We've now proved the concept. We just did a Kickstarter campaign, just finished a couple of weeks ago. I was trying to articulate our business to the masses. And so we went, everybody owns a T-shirt. So we made it the greenest T-shirt on the planet. And I like it, that. Yeah. It's, um, so so if you, it seems like your greatest value is in, in breaking down that wall around, uh, you know, taking those fibres and actually coming out with a result. Surely that's the big win. Is that patented? And if, if it is patented, why, why don't you just sell that now at this point? Or licence it. Or licence it and yeah. not go into the production and manufacturing because yeah. surely that's a, a quicksand, you know, if, if someone, no offence, but someone small, you'd be better off just painting yeah. and selling that licence. Well, the supply, chain, the supply chain management itself is, yeah, a, is a different absolute nightmare. Absolutely. And that, that's, that's, that's a good question. What we need, and I think I've proved it this morning, you need to educate people about the, the harmfulness of their fibres and that there is alternative fabrics out there. So that's part of our challenge. So absolutely, um, our business has got a great opportunity from a trade perspective. So, you know, working with corporations, governments, schools, like it frustrates me when kids learn I mean, about... You're but you're, what you're trying to do is sell it to the consumer. I think what Jules is saying is, why don't you sell it to the manufacturer and the manufacturer will sell it to the consumer because they just do that, I mean... Be, be, because there the, there isn't enough knowledge in the marketplace for people so the, to... So right now the manufacturers would be nervous about changing their their, their system of yeah. what they currently do. And it's interesting, Jules, that's, that's a good question you ask and it's interesting, I've been confronted with the same thing in this technology business I'm involved in. And what we found is that no one wanted to retool. Mm. No, yeah, you know, yeah. they're saying, listen, we, we've got this product, everyone's buying it at the moment, it's good enough, blah, blah. No incentive. No incentive. So, so what we had to do at TZ is we actually had to go and manufacture ourselves. Now we've turned ourselves into a supply chain business mm. and, you know, supplying people like Couriers Please and Singapore Post. And it was the toughest road that I've ever been down in my life because supply chain manufacturing mm. is one of the hardest things in the world to do it, to your point. Yeah. But we had to not only... We had to prove up the concept, and we had to not. We had to have it beta tested. We had to have it uh, accepted by the market, and then the only way we could do that was actually go and do it ourselves. 
because nobody wanted to change the way they um, you know, had stuff delivered to st- pop stations. I mean, you know, Singapore Post had its own early stage uh, locker systems. We had to actually go and develop a brand new one and sell it to them. We had to actually physically do it. And sometimes it's really difficult to get people to change the way they do things. Yeah. I'm involved in another company called um, Anteo Diagnostics, which is a diagnostics, this is probably becoming I'm the chairman of it, a diagnostic company. We have got the best diagnostic system for um, pathogens and um, and pathogens in people's blood in the world today, bar none. But trying to get organisations to change the way they, pathology businesses, to change the way they test blood, yeah. they say, well, we already tested blood. We can always already tell if someone's HIV or pregnant or whatever. We can already tell. Your system just improves the speed and the efficiency. Uh, why do we need to change it? That's the discussion. And you have to just keep working and working and working and working. And, you know, we would like, love to licence it to people. Um, but we have not got acceptance yet in a broader scale because there's no incentive, as Nick said, to do it. So what's the incentive? So what's the incentive for both the bigger apparel brands mm-hmm. and also for the consumers? So is this like if I was to go out, if I had a choice between that and you know a Reebok apparel, would it would it rest on my environmental conscience like is it does it come down to or is it price yeah or is it price i I think it's it's all of that all that scope i think what's important is for us to um identify those people who basically believe what we believe and and from my point of view it's it's an athlete because that's outside my run track so i do want to protect it and i'm a bit more environmentally conscious so that's definitely our access to the market but it's around this so it could be the same price i i don't have any uh, brand loyalty to kasaga yet yeah um but but then you've got a big uh, uh, you've got a big challenge around education and telling them exactly yeah. why you're you know providing something better for the environment. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's certainly our, our initial um, conversation with with our with our customers. But I think you still have to deliver a better product. And I didn't. Like, it's not. It's point is making a, a better uh, environmentally fabric uh, that that doesn't perform. And so. Yeah. So the impact on the environment, um, what's the difference between the two? So okay. have you measured it? Yeah, so, so we're, we're undergoing a life cycle assessment of, of our fabrics, independent one and also for our business. But the Eco-Lite fabric, which is what we made, the greenest T-shirt, mm. so that's basically a, a cotton alternative. A cotton T-shirt, 3,000 litres, wear less than 1%. And you've so had that verified or are you just going through yeah, that? No, they, yeah, we've, yeah we've, we've had it verified, but also we're going, we're, we're going independent. Um, but also um, the crops use 80% less land, which is the important thing because at the end of the day, if we look future, we look 10, 20 years, we need more, more, more land to, to grow food. And you're already seeing now the, the industry is expanding through um, organic cotton, which is their, their sustainable alternative, but they're taking over land in some of the poorer countries so they can't grow crops anymore. Well, look, I'm going to have to stop because we only normally give people seven minutes, eight minutes, and we've given you more. But I, I know say, because there's a lot to be said here, yeah. um, and I think this is a complex structure, it is very complex. Um, it's going to take time and patience from your point of view and patient capital mm-hmm. that you're going to have to get patient capital. You've got a big story to tell. You may be a little bit ahead of the curve, but sometimes that's good if you can if you can hang in there, if you've got the patient capital. You may be a bit ahead of the curve because I don't know whether everybody's quite conscious, as conscious as you are at the moment in terms of getting enough scale out of this and to get the manufacturers on board. But I, my, my gut feel, and I don't know what everyone else in the room thinks, but my gut feel is over time this is the sort of thing is going to take off. It's no different... It's no different to what Jules was talking about, but he's ahead of the curve. I'm sorry, he's with the curve, just slightly ahead of the curve. Maybe to use Jules to Jules, tribe to find some environmental warriors to, yeah, to, to promote the... That's what he wanted environmental warriors. I'm not sure yeah. about the name, by the way. I would rather just call it Swahili because I know what Swahili <laughs> is. Um, but, um, but I want to wish you all the best of luck. Um, I, 
I, I am very passionate about people who have a social conscience and they come into the show. I'm very passionate about people who not only have a social conscience but also prepare to back themselves and do the hard yards and have a crack and as well as having a social con- conscience, come out with a superior product. And it looks like a superior product. If you had a T-shirt like this for me, you know, I would buy this sort of T-shirt but as long as it was price parity because to be frank with you, my environmental conscience is not as well developed as perhaps yours. I mean, it's something I am working on. But I don't, I'm not sure if I would say if this is 50 bucks and I could buy a normal t for 10 bucks. I'm not sure if I would do that. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I just wouldn't go out to do that. I mean, if I was confronted with it, I would say, yeah, shit, yeah, because I wouldn't yeah. want to embarrass myself by not being prepared to slag up another 40 bucks. But, so, but I, I therefore, I do want to see this happen, this sort of thing happen environmentally in this country and in, this world, in our world because, you know, as you say, I mean, that's my track out there too. Mm. I love walking around the city and I want to be able to breathe the fresh air and I want to look, end up like Beijing. Yeah. Guys, any any more comments to wrap up? No, look, I think it's a great business, and and if you think about it, now's the top perfect time to launch a, a challenger business like this, and and you know you got the big behemoths like Nike and Reebok, but there's also up and coming brands like Lululemon and, and, and Two Times You who have built from nothing and built just purely based on product. The, the O stuff might be a good go too. Yeah, Lululemon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. but, yeah. but uh, at the same time, I think there's, there's a really clear licensing path there if you can really develop the technology and and. Yeah give a good proposition to a bigger brand and not necessarily the biggest brand but but a challenger brand who, who values this sort of uh, technology and this sort of product is a, is a really great opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's attacking a serious issue. I think it's, um, you know, I wish you all the luck. All the best of luck. And respect to you taking on such a big game. Good on you. Guys, that was the uh, last show for the year. Uh, we're gonna take oh. a- <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure everyone wants to hear that, but uh, we'll, be, we'll be back uh, in a few weeks' time, early January. Um, Nico and I, Fordo and I, will um, you know, work hard on cooking up some, some new guests and uh, interesting topics to discuss when we come back. Thanks very much, guys. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody, and uh, thanks very much for your, your listenership. Today, thanks very much to our guests. Yeah, Brilliant. Thanks Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris and find out more at markboris.com.au. Listener.